This podcast is brought to you by lilybadcock.com and The Confidence Academy, giving you the confidence to be who you truly are. This is The Confidence Academy podcast. My name is Lily Badcock and I am a transformational confidence coach and I'm here with a message for you. The anxiety and overwhelm you've been experiencing is not something to be feared or avoided. It's also not something that gets to define who you are as a person. No matter who you are, no matter what your story is, I know that you get to live a life of fulfillment and joy. It's my absolute pleasure to bring this podcast series to you in collaboration with some phenomenal people from all over the world who have walked the same path as you. Together, we will share our stories, our challenges and our triumphs with the intention of helping you to see that it's possible for you too. Anxiety may be something you live with, but it doesn't get to define who you are or how you live your life. So stand by for some powerful conversations, deep realizations, and the occasional F-bomb. So get those headphones in if you're around sensitive ears and stand by. This is gonna be fun. Welcome back. This is part two of the incredible conversation I had recently with Penelope Silva. If you haven't listened to part one yet, then go and check that out first and then come back. As always, the links we mention in the episode can be found in the show notes. Do be sure to reach out and connect with Penelope if you have any questions. And don't forget to join me live every Thursday at 8pm for the new live chat show over on YouTube. You can use the links below to send me your questions and comments. Okay, that's it from me. Enjoy part two. So the other part of the work that we do with that before we actually do that ikigai piece of work is working out what your core values are. Mm. A lot of people don't know. Again, they've never sat down and taken the time to consciously work out who they are. So I used to be a project manager. Are we all right for time? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I yeah. know I'm in flow. I know I rattle on. Once no, I, get, I love it. it. I literally love it. <laughs> so I used to be a project manager and I earned a very good wage doing that. But I also worked about 18, 20 hours a day. And um, my girls were tiny at the time. And I thought that it was what I had to do to pay the bills to support them. Mm. Now, the flip side of that was that it meant I dropped them at school at half seven in the morning, picked them up from school at half six at night. Um, You know, didn't do the, never did the normal pickup in the school playground. There was lots of things I missed, like plays, parents, evenings, sports days, things like that, because I was always working. My job was also, I was working out of the, I was a project manager doing marketing installations. And what I would do is I would do my project management part of the job during the day. Then I would pick the kids up from school with like I would break in my neck to get home kind of thing or to either pick them up. So there's like all this stress going on, you know, that kind of thing. We'd get home. It was then they'd be starving. So then it was a rush to get the dinner done, you know, sit them down, do the homework with both of them. You know, do, do whatever else they needed to do, like learn plays or do reading or whatever it is, spellings, this, that, I don't know, past papers, things like that. Yes. Then put them in the bed, in the bath. Then put them in bed, read to them for a bit. You know, by nine o'clock, they're sort of they're just going off. And then I come down and I start work again. Mm. Because my oh, and during this time as well, I've got men on site, so I'm trying to manage the phone. I've got like maybe a thousand installers all over Europe 
doing stuff. Mm. I'm trying to give the kids time, give my installers what they need, what the client needs. So I then sat down and worked through the night. So I would then get up, probably go to bed about half one, have a mm. quick nap, get up at four and start work again mm. before the kids got up at six, half six. And then I'm trying to get them breakfast into school and stuff. So we were, the girls were achieving. They were thriving. I was achieving. I was knackered. <laughs> I nearly killed Understandably. There were, yeah. there were times as well that I was constantly ill as well. So if there was a cold or a virus or a bug or anything going around, I always picked it up because my energy was so low and it was so mm. out of alignment. The reason why I'm telling you this was because there was, um, when I was sitting in this energy, and again, it goes back to solar plexus energy. So it's that doing, doing, doing masculine energy all of the time mm. and thinking, mm. if I just get to the next rung of the career ladder, uh, you know, I've made it kind of thing. And then mm. there's the next mm. rung and the next rung. So this opportunity came up at work and it was for a course called the Leaders of the Future course. Mm -hmm. And it was thousands of pounds. And I think there was a hundred, it was an interview process. So you won your place on mm -hmm. this, this course. There was 10 places and I think there was about a hundred people that went for it. And I managed to win. I secured one of the places. And I was so excited. And I thought, this is it. This is me. Uh, they're going to recognize me now within the business. And, you yeah. know, it's going to like, it's going to, um, oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's going to almost make me a better person. I'm going to be perceived as a better person because I'm willing yeah. to place on this course. And also, the I love, you know, me, personal development, like I eat, sleep and breathe it. So, you know, I thought this is this is what I need. And we got there. And the first day that we were there, we had to do this sort of psychometric test. And I went through this paper and the result came out that I shouldn't be a project manager. <laughs> Don't. The result came out that I should be a healer. Wow. And I was like, shit. And I was like, in my heart, I knew straight away because I'd already started, a, when I left my ex-husband, I'd gone down the alternative therapies route and I knew that those were the things that healed me and that's why I do the things now. Yes. It's a business that worked for me on my healing journey. Yeah. And so I've got this piece of paper with this result on it and I'm sliding it across the table because I'm trying to hide it from my manager because I thought, <laughs> she knows I'm in the wrong job. I know I'm in the wrong job and now it's written down on a piece of paper <laughs> because the only way I can describe it is that I found everything very hard. Mm. So I used to look at my colleagues and I think, why do they just like, they were in flow. They were like, you know, writing macro spreadsheets. That's not me at all. And, you know, they, everything just seemed to be so easy for them. They just seemed to glide through the whole post process where for me, it was a really clunky. And yeah. it was almost like I was learning everything all the time and I didn't quite get the terminology and the jargon. And there was a lot of things as well that I didn't understand, like um, why you had to call a client back within an hour. So you were already, as soon as an email came in, the stress levels were high because you're thinking, I've got 10 other clients to service and I've got my mm -hmm. thousand installers and I'm trying to create a project here and you know whatever I'm doing I've got my work in progress to do as well and you're like 
it, stress levels were crazy. Mm. And, and some of the, the things that we were asked to do were almost impossible. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I'm all for customer service, don't get me wrong, but some of the things just didn't sit right with me. I couldn't mm. understand them, the structures and the processes. Um, so what was I going to tell you? Values. So there was this one project that we delivered. Well, it wasn't one, actually, it was a few. And I couldn't understand why I was feeling so icky about all of this. And basically what we would do is we would get a marketing installation. So it would be, let's say, a, a really famous brand perfume. And they would pay hundreds of thousands of pounds to put these displays into places like Boots or Selfridges or Harvey Necks or things like that. They would go in for two weeks and then they would be binned. Now, I'm not a big eco warrior, but I couldn't get my head round. Why can't they repurpose or recycle this stuff? Mm. And it was just no, bin it. Wow. So there was, but at the time I hadn't done this work, so I didn't know about this. So once I'd done this work on values, I could clearly see, oh my God, that role was always going to be hard for me because yeah. it doesn't fit in with my values. So the first part we do of finding your life purpose is working out what your values are because they are your GPS for the rest of your life. They mm -hmm. help you tap into your intuition so that whenever you have to make any decision about your life, you go, does this fit in with my values? And if it doesn't, walk away. Yeah. Just say no. And it's, you know, once people, you know, people pleasers, they do this part of the work. It actually helps them to easily create healthy boundaries within their life. Because yeah. They don't feel icky about saying no, or I don't want to do that. They yeah. know that they are being true to themselves and their values. Yeah, that's so true. I find this so interesting because my journey to life purpose has not come through any process like that at all. And yet it's exactly like you're describing. And I remember, I remember one moment sitting, um, I was just ready to um, do a two-day examination with all of my uh, performing arts kids, which was the business I had before this. And I used to feel so stressed, so, so, so stressed around those things. Even though I was proud of the kids and I really enjoyed the performance aspect, I got so stressed out in any sort of um, exam uh, scenario. And that was the case if it was me being examined or somebody else, it didn't seem to matter. It would just stress me out. And I remember it was the very last one I ever did. And I was sat in the mezzanine level, which is where you have all the sound and light. And I was there with the mixing desk and I had the light switches and I was looking down on the stage and it was just about to start. And I was just like, oh my God, I don't believe in this. I fucking hate exams <laughs> like because someone was coming in from this outside place to examine these kids that I'd worked with for months and months and I'd seen their growth like and it's exactly like you say at that point I didn't realize that that's what it was but what it was was I value the the value of a person I know that you can't mark you know scores on a sheet to determine whether somebody is, is valuable or to determine whether somebody gets to have a distinction or a pass. I really hated the process of somebody being judged based on a snapshot when I had seen all of the work that had gone in. There were kids on that stage that were too scared to even perform when they started out. And 
you know, I just realized in that moment, I don't believe in this at all. This is not what I believe in. And I never did it again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's so true. And like the people pleasing thing, I'm a huge people pleaser at times. But again, you do build your boundaries when you start to realize who you are, what you stand for. It's like it's it transcends any desire to please somebody else once you know what your truth is once you know what you actually believe and and you know what you're actually aiming for you don't feel the need to kind of pander to anybody else you can still be respectful and I think that was the case for me I always thought that if I wasn't people pleasing then I was being rude and that you know and I've even noticed me with my kids it it rubbed off on them as well I noticed early on like if a kid in the crash or a um, play group somewhere wanted to play with a toy, I would, I would make my kid give it over because we wanted to make that person happy. And it was through that process that I was like, oh my God, like at what point does my kid get to pick a toy <laughs> like that they want to play with? Like at what point, and obviously they need to learn to share, but I noticed that I would swoop in every time and just be like, oh no, please just make that other person happy, whatever it takes, do whatever it takes. Um, and that's come from my upbringing and, and it's been a real double-edged sword for me because on the one hand I could see how people pleasing could be a bad thing because it means that you shut yourself off and you don't ask for what you want but on the other hand I think it's a beautiful thing I love that I get to help people and so I think what I've managed to do now is create this balance where it's still vitally important to me that other people are happy but not at the not at the what's the word your expense not at the cost yeah not not at the cost of my happiness like I am still a people pleaser but I please me first and that was the big shift that came so I actually teach a workshop and it's called healthy boundaries for kind people (laughs) love it because the other side of it is if you create a boundary that makes you feel like you're not being you that's Mm. also not in alignment either So you have to find a way of creating boundaries that keep your energy yours. So people are literally sucking the life out of you and draining you. But you also have to do it in a way where you're polite and you're kind and you're compassionate and all those kind of things. Yeah, I love that. And that's exactly it. Because, you know, for a long time, I... I understood that I didn't want to be a people pleaser anymore. But it's again, it comes back to values. I learned that it's important to me that people are happy. And that's okay. Like, you don't have to turn into some kind of bitch two headed monster and hate the world and fuck everyone else and just please yourself. If that isn't who you are, if that is who you are, you crack on, go on with your bad self. But for me, that it would be just as out of alignment for me to be like that, even if it meant I was getting what I wanted. Um, such such powerful and important work I think that you're doing
I love I, I love how in alignment our journeys have been because you know we connected what was it three four years ago um and and not over a long period of time I just think we clicked in that group and I was like yeah come and be on my podcast and you were like what in fact I think wasn't it that someone had pulled out and I needed someone for that day I think I just went in a group and was like I need someone to interview because my interview's fallen through and you were like oh I'm shitting myself but okay yeah it was that that is what it was Um, and I love that you know we've connected like that just like a pure chance thing you happen to be the person that answered that post and our journeys have really paralleled in so many ways and you know the work you're doing is vastly different to mine in a lot of ways and yet in other ways it's exactly the same and it just underlines for me when I had that spiritual I'm going to call it the spiritual reawakening because like you say I think I came in awake and then kind of fell asleep and then woke back up again but in 2018 which which really coolly I think is probably the year that I did your interview as well it was later that year that I had that awakening and I I remember having it yeah and I was like oh my god I'm intuitive oh my god I'm here for people waking up to purpose oh my god like this is the work that I'm supposed to do and and I just think it's in like a weekend or something or was it like yeah was that oh, yeah that no that was that was last year um I literally wrote wrote my ebook literally in in a few hours I yeah. just I just wrote it and, and did it yeah not that's alignment <laughs> um, <laughs> <That's flow. laughs> that is flow I just I love that you know two paths that came together like by chance as you know we all know it's not chance really um but we've gone that parallel and like I was saying when I had that awakening my big awakening was in the shower um when I literally heard the message and I'm not Claire audient or Claire sentient or any of those Claire's but I heard a voice and it said you are here for the people waking up to purpose and I was like okay well then if that's true what's the anxiety thing all about and they were like well that's how people feel when they're out of alignment and then I was like, so then why do I have a singing voice? If I'm not meant to be a singer, what's that? And they were like, that's how you talk to the humans. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and suddenly all these things that had felt so separate pulled together. And then the very important message I received after that was, you're not the only one. There's an entire tribe of people the same that are waking up all at the same time. And I just think it's so cool that we connected that year. It was before I had that awakening, but we connected and you are on your path and I'm on my path. And it just feels like we were always part of that same collective. And it feels to me now that 2018 was a, was a year of mass awakening for people. 2020 was another big shift. Lots and lots of people had their normality stripped away. And you said right at the top of this call, for a lot of people it was jarring but then there was a whole bunch of people that were like no this is what we knew this was coming we didn't know how we didn't know what it was going to look like but we knew this was coming we knew there was going to come a point where there would be a mass kind of wave of people going shit I'm doing the wrong thing I'm in the wrong job I don't want to commute for five hours every day to my job I don't want to be away from my kids I don't want to be working in that office I don't want to be doing that job I want to create my own work and I'm doing it from home. And so many people are now on that path and they feel like they were forced into it because of the global pandemic. It's my belief and I believe it's a collective belief of anyone spiritual that woke up before that, that nah, like 
you were given the opportunity to wake up, you didn't. And so now, now the big guns have come in and they've just stripped away your choices. And people have learned whether they wanted to or not, that they're much stronger than they thought they were. They've learned that they can overcome anything that's thrown at them, even if it means that they can't go to work, can't earn their money the way that they were meant to. Because the thing is, it's 2021. Yes, it still looks like a shit show, but we are all still here. And the thing I find so interesting is while so many people are falling down, crumbling, falling apart, there's this strong wave of leaders rising up, people going, it's going to be fine. It's okay. It just might not look the way that you expected it to. And it's just such an honor to, to be on this journey with you and to have you back so we could talk about it. I think that for me, my perception of what happened last year was that you know, we've lived in a world of consumerism for so long. And don't get me wrong. You know, I I used to have a wardrobe full of Louboutins. And I'll tell you what, as soon as I can, I will have a pair of Louboutins again. But, you know, so I'm not slating consumerism. But what for me, what it did was when I was brought back into my home, which I realized I hardly ever used to spend any time in my home. I didn't appreciate it at all. It made me really grateful for the basic things in life. Same. And that's when I all I was like, oh my God, I am so abundant. Yeah. And actually, it's not a problem, but it's about the only problem I've got at the moment is that <laughs> when I'm thinking about creating my vision board tomorrow, I already have everything that I need. There yeah. isn't anything other than what I've got I've got my kids we've got our health we've got our breath we're alive we've got a roof over our head you know I said before Mm. the running water the food the the warmth that that is all I actually need but where what it has created is a beautiful energy and a situation where anything I'm asking for is a bonus so it actually exactly off it do you know, there's a really um, powerful thing that I do with people that I learned from a coach called Regan Ann Hillier. Oh, I follow and her. It's, yeah, I love her. And it's about creating the vision. She calls it the vision beyond the vision. For example, like where you might do the vision board or you get somebody to vision or, and this is so perfect because I'm actually doing a training on this for my membership after this. So I love that this has come up because now my job's done. I can just tell them about this. But um, the idea being that the first step is you vision from here. So you said there are so many people, they don't know what they want. So that's your first step. What do you want right now? It might be, what do you need right now? Some people need money. Some people need to be healthier. Some people need to get out of a relationship. Some people need whatever it is they need. That's your first step. And then what Regan taught was, then you get in the mindset and the energy of already having that stuff. So you just close your eyes and you imagine if that was already true, if you were already in the house, already with the job, already with the person, already driving the car, already carrying the handbag, wearing the shoes, the Louboutins, whatever it might be, then what would your vision be? What's your vision beyond the vision? Because, you know, so many people are dreaming from a place of lack. They're thinking, you know, you know, if a fairy floated down right now and said, if you could have anything in the world, what would you ask for? Most people would just ask for their bills to be paid or just for a car that wasn't falling apart. I'm speaking from experience because my car literally died yesterday. RIP, the Corolla Verso. Um, We need a new one, but you know. Release with love. (laughs) (laughs) But so many people will dream from uh, this moment right now. And I know that there's a whole big thing about being in the now and the power of now and all of that is brilliant and true. 
But actually, when it comes to dreaming, no, you don't want to be in the now. You want to be projecting because your soul already knows what's for you and you can tap into that. So then it isn't about what do you need? It's about what do you desire? Like, what do you really want? And if you were already the person that you were aiming to be, like most of us are on this path of trying to become something or trying to achieve something. If that was already your reality right now, and you were still going to do a dream board, what would go on the dream board? And I think you're right. I think at some point it's going to transcend the um, the material things and the physical things. And it's going to be far more about fulfillment and peace. And the truth is, we all have that available to us right now. And it's this huge, big, full circle moment where it's like, okay, fine, go get the holidays. Get the like. I still want the holidays. I want the cars. I want the villa in Florida. I want an apartment in Sandbanks overlooking the sea. I want a car that doesn't fall apart when I'm driving it. Like there's loads that I want, but I know that none of that creates my actual fulfillment. I know that I'm going to be who I'm going to be with or without that stuff. That would just be fun to have along the way. But actually what ultimately I want is freedom. And I think that's the case for a lot of people, actually. That's just it. freedom. So that's the other bit of the work that I do with my clients. So when they say, I want the car or I want the money or whatever. Why do you want that? Yeah. What's beyond that? Why? And it normally comes down to things like freedom. Yeah. You know, love or things like that. And that's that's what you're actually desiring. It isn't the car. It isn't the money. Yeah, I love it. I'm putting my hands in the air. Amen, sister. Do you know even... Sorry. Yeah, no, carry on. No, go. You go. There's (laughs) one more step as well. Yeah. It's really important. So when you're envisioning that life, to bring it to you, again, it's not just looking at the vision. The other secret is to feel the feelings. Yes. You're visualizing and you can't feel the feelings. You can't tap into it. What I teach my clients is to ask yourself a question. How would I feel if I had that now? And that that is a much easier, it's a sort of a gentler way of easing you into those feelings. And once you've got the feeling, really, um, really sort of capitalize on that. I don't, that's not the word I wanted, but you know what I mean? Enhance that. Yeah. There's another trick that I teach as well. If you still can't feel those feelings, have your vision in your, in your third eye, in in your mind's eye, and then think of the thing that you love most. Mm-hmm. because when you think of the thing that you love most you're tapping into those feelings of joy love yes. that kind of thing and then go back to your vision and that will elevate your vibration as well yeah do you know what there's something very um important to say about that I think because I have also done this work obviously this is so cool because we've been on a similar path and it's important to say that when you are getting into the feelings of already having the thing it's really important to acknowledge what truly comes up for you. And so I'm going to explain. I was, I was doing a program with a girl called Amanda Francis who teaches money mindset, but actually quite soon into her program, you realize that you're not there to learn about money. You're there for spiritual lessons, you know, and this is the point, isn't it? Like you just said, it's not about, you don't need the money. You don't want the car. You want what that represents. You want what lies beyond that. And there's a point in the course where she says, um, you know, let's imagine that you wanted to manifest £10,000. How would you feel right now? And this is what you were saying. She's getting you in the mindset of having it. So she's like, right, close your eyes and imagine you're walking down the road and I'm walking towards you and I've written you a check 
for £10,000 and I'm giving it to you. How does that feel? And what a lot of people in the course say is, oh, it feels amazing. Oh, I'm so excited. And these are my feelings. And I was like, no, do you know what? It's not enough. <laughs> like that was my genuine reaction. 10K is not enough. Not because I'm ungrateful, because if somebody gave me 10K right now, that would be very nice. But because actually what I truly desire, what I truly want to call in is representative of far much more than that. And, the, you know, we're getting into a whole conversation about money now, which is probably going to have to be for another day. But <laughs> just really quickly, I, you know, I think our spiritual lessons come in one of three ways. And I think money is one of those ways. And to me, for the longest time, I felt guilty when I had these grand dreams about being a millionaire. I felt guilty that I wanted the big house. I felt guilty that I wanted all that money and that freedom and that ability to travel and all of that. Until one day I realized that the money was just the representation of the impact that I know I'm meant to have. And so it flipped it completely around because it was not about, oh, I want the money because somehow the money makes me a good person or whatever. I was actually tapping into my potential. I was tapping into the fact that I know I'm supposed to impact millions of people. That isn't the case for everybody, but it is the case for me. I've known it since I was two years old and I've always followed the things that I thought would get me that impact or that would put me in that place of having that impact. And you know, that's another conversation again about manifestation versus getting, they're not the same thing. Um, you know, we, manifestation is, is pulling something to you that was actually always meant to be for you. There's no getting in it. There is no energy of, oh, I have to get it because then you're in the energy of, oh, now I have to hang on to it. If you've truly manifested it, if it's truly on your path and it's truly meant for you, number one, you're never going to repel that. And number two, you're not going to lose it because it was always meant for you. And so I realized that my visions of money was just the human version of what my soul knew it was here to do. My soul knows that it's here to impact millions of people to create this, this message. You know, I'm, you know, you were talking earlier about values and what's important. I know that I am here to drive down the rate of suicide. I want less people to feel like their lives are for nothing. I want to help more people realize that where they're at is absolutely perfect and they can create an amazing life from wherever they are, no matter how dire that looks. And that is, that burns in my soul. I know that's why I'm here. And it was such an important revelation for me because I'd felt so guilty for so long for wanting that money. So if there's anybody listening that's feeling guilty for what they want, try and flip it, try see it through a different lens, try and ask yourself, how is that just a representation of where I'm going anyway? You know, it really isn't about the money. It really isn't about that at all. It's what does that represent? But so it, powerful. There's also a huge piece to do on there on self-worth. Yeah. If you oh, don't 100%. feel worthy, you you yeah. may want it, but you'll never get it. The you other won't let yourself have it. A mm. big epiphany for me as well, because as a healer, you know, um, it's sort of, we're supposed to give our gifts away for free. And I actually mm. had a lady who very kindly private messaged me uh, just before Christmas to tell me how disgusting she thought it was that I charge for my services mm. to heal people. And I was like, I, I then felt myself needing to explain why I charge for my services and, and you know, talking about all the charity work I do and that I'm a single parent, I'm sole breadwinner, all this. 
I don't need to explain any of that at all. No. <laughs> no one. Um, but it was, um, yeah, it's the self-worth thing. It's, yeah. it, it's about you filling yourself up, feeling worthy, and then that money that you want will be enable you to serve more people or to provide a better service or to spread your word more or whatever it is that you want to do or invest in systems and software and things like that. Like now I'm, I'm going to this year because I have earned money and yeah. I'm able to invest in my business. I'm able to put the course onto a platform that's going to be much easier for people to access and use. It's going to be a beautiful experience, that kind of thing. The, we, I think we're kind of brought up to believe that money's bad and it's the root of all evil and this, that and the other. Mm-hmm. Money, when it's used for good, is amazing. It's yeah, and- empowering and it can help so many people. And at the end of the day, it's an energy exchange. And that's 100%. one of the other things I have realized that, you know, um, I, I very much realized that, when I first started out, I offered a load of Reiki treatments for free because everybody knew me as a project manager. They didn't know me as a Reiki master. And I was like, how am I going to get people into my business? So I had a hundred vouchers printed off for mm-hmm. an hour's free Reiki. And I gave them out and all the people, you know, friends and family, that kind of thing, people in the local area, they're all really excited about coming for this Reiki treatment. They were all on board with it. Guess how many people took it up? Yeah. No, like, None. I was going to say like 10. <laughs> One. So yeah. me being me, Mrs. Inquisitive, went and asked a few of them and they said, why didn't you come? And I thought they were going to say it's because I either think you're a witch, Reiki's like something to do or something like that. And I was really shocked and it was a really good first lesson to me in business. They didn't see the value in it because it was free. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what? I was in a room yesterday on Clubhouse, which is this brand new platform, um, which we are going to have to get on. I reckon we could have some amazing conversations on Clubhouse. Like even just this this conversation has brought up about 10 topics I think we could pick (laughs) from. But um, Grant Cardone was in there. Now, if anyone doesn't know who Grant Cardone is, I've heard his name for years, but I haven't really followed him. But he's just this bajillionaire. Um, I think he was on Undercover Billionaire and he's just this massive investor and, you know, just money pouring out of every orifice. Um, And he was in a room on Clubhouse with all these other people that are, you know, very rich. And somebody said to him something about um, they were early on in their business. Oh, no, that was it. She was she had a nonprofit. And he said he went right. He said, before you even ask your question, I'm going to ask you, why do you have a nonprofit? He said, because so many people think that it's easier to have a business if it's a nonprofit. So many people think they're going to have an easier time if they're doing something for free that people don't have to pay for. He said, so why do you have a nonprofit? She actually had it because she was homeless at 16 and she was now making um, care packages for other people who are homeless. So, you know, brilliant nonprofit idea. But he said to her, he said, we did, um, he did an experiment Um, with his team because they started complaining to him at one point that they couldn't make the sales he was setting them sales targets and they were like we can't make the sales he was like right then let's flip it around you don't have to make me one dollar one cent you have to give away a million dollars that's your job give away a million dollars and they couldn't do it because people didn't trust it they didn't value it they could not give the money away and it's exactly that and you know to pick up what you said about the money and the self-worth is so true. 
you know, you're telling yourself that it's bad, not you, but, you know, one might be telling oneself that earning money is bad or that you're bad for having it. The fact of the matter is, as a human being, money is a resource. It allows you to reach people. It allows you to live your life, to be comfortable, to to reach your the people that you're supposed to reach. You know, if I didn't have money, I wouldn't have my Kajabi account. So I wouldn't be able to host my website. I wouldn't be able to host my courses. I wouldn't be able to host this podcast. And, you know, to the lady or anyone else that feels like they want to send a message to anyone, you know, berating them for charging for healing work, it's absolute bullshit. You know, you can create your business so that everyone gets served, which is exactly why I have this podcast. Like there's so much value here that nobody has to part with their money if they don't want to. But our time is precious. We only have 24 hours in a day. There are things that are important besides business, like family and our own time. You know, you talked earlier about that self-care piece. We don't have to be pushing ourselves to the limits. We do not have to be working 20 hours a day to earn a pittance. It's not necessary. It certainly isn't spiritual. Mm. And you know, if everybody knew that that was possible for them, then the money would would continue to circulate. And if you didn't have any fear around where the next pennies were coming from, you wouldn't worry about paying for something that you saw value in. What if your biggest struggle was actually your greatest gift? And what if everything you think is holding you back was actually propelling you towards the life you desire and were always destined to live? When I lost my voice as a professional singer, it definitely did not feel like a gift in any way. In fact, when I lost my voice, I lost my confidence, my faith, and my entire identity along with it. But what lay on the other side of the struggle was more clarity and fulfillment than I even knew I could hope for. And now I want the same for you. I want to help you shift your perception around your biggest struggles so you too can step up and claim that life you've been dreaming about. Evolution Online is my monthly membership program where I share everything I've learned along my own journey from anxious and stressed to confident and purposeful. I'm not saying you'll never be anxious again, but I'm saying this isn't who you are and there is so much more available to you. Click the link in the show notes and join us today. I can't wait to watch you soar. And, you know, you shared earlier about being on the menu and picking the cheapest thing. So many people have created their lives because, you know, and I've been that person so many times, gone in a shop and gone, right, I need something to wear. Like, where's the cheapest thing? Instead of going, what do I want? I've got a cool story about that before I wrap this up. This could go for like five hours if we let no, it. We're bad um, at this, aren't we? <laughs> you guys are going to have to follow us on Clubhouse. Penelope, what's your Clubhouse handle if anyone's on there? Well, at the moment it's Lady Penelope, but I'm going to change it today to just Penelope Silver. Oh, I love Lady Penelope though. I'm thinking of a scarf like flapping behind you in well, wacky races. <laughs> I am actually Lady Penelope. Oh, shut up. Somebody bought me the title for Valentine's Day one day and I've never used <laughs> it. So when it came on Clubhouse, I thought I am having that. But um, then in the Clubhouse room and someone said, no, it needs to be consistent with your Instagram handle and your Facebook handle. So I was thinking of changing it, but I do love my lady Penelope. <laughs> I don't think the name needs to be. I just think your bio needs to be very clear so that when people click on it, they can see who you are, what you do, and that there's a link to your Instagram. That's okay. my take, well, I'm staying as Lady Penelope on Clubhouse. Yes. <laughs> so look for Lady Penelope and I'm Lily Badcock because I just thought, you know, there aren't many of them around. So we'll just keep that name. 
Um, if you've enjoyed this conversation, I feel like Penelope and I are going to be, Lady Penelope, sorry, and I are going to be <laughs> hanging out on there a lot. We have a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, I don't even know where I was going from there. But I, I had one more thing to share. What was it? It's probably not important if it's not coming through. But anyway, Clubhouse. No, no, not sorry. No, this is this is perfect. And I can see 222 on my machine right now. So that is just... <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> absolute perfection. Um, I, You know, just to wrap all of this up, I think that the underlying theme of this whole podcast was you know the truth inside of you. So get back to that. You know, fuck anything else that comes into your head or from anyone else that tries to tell you who you should be, what you should be doing, you know it already. And the thing I love, you know, Penelope, you've had four years in business now where you've created this amazing process, but you are no different to the person that I spoke to four years ago. Like that, the light was already on, the magic was already there. It, you've just enhanced it because you've seen it for yourself and that's possible for everybody listening. It absolutely is. I, the, the one last thing I would like to finish on as well is that when you actually do the work of finding out about who you are, life gets so much easier. You wouldn't believe that actually what you've been creating, life being hard, that's what the yeah. epiphany is. You're like, yeah, why did I do that? Yeah. And that actually... Why that did I believe keep... to those set of rules or limiting beliefs or whatever? I can actually be free by just being me. <laughs> 100%. And that actually, that can keep you stuck though. I've noticed this in myself as I've gone along my journey, like with my journaling and stuff. When I start to realise how easy it is, I then shun it because it's like, well, if it was easy, then I'm a dick for making it hard all these years. So let me just make it hard for another 10 years. Like that literally, you really have to catch your human mind out it's an absolute wanker <laughs> you've got to catch it out and be like no if it's easy I choose it now and I you know if you've been following me on Instagram I did an experiment called 30 days of wealth consciousness I just wanted to know what would happen after 30 days if I just did daily affirmations I meditated daily I, I fell asleep to guided visualizations meditations I did journaling I literally just did everything I threw everything at it um, I wasn't very good at updating Instagram every single day, but there are there's a whole thing now on my highlights that you can click to follow along. I'm about to do the final update and my own mind is completely blown, to be honest, because guess what? The money, the money that I manifested in that time, most of the most of for most can't even speak for the <laughs> most part, didn't come the way that I had expected it to or the way that I thought it had to. I thought that I had to suddenly create this million pound business to make the money. I've made the money anyway. My business is still, my business is better, getting better all the time as it always has done. But the money found its way to me in unexpected ways. And that's the, that's the point, isn't it? I'm sure you see that all the time with your students doing their vision boards and stuff. Like true manifestation means that you just open the channels and you let it come you let go of the control. It's not about you. It's not about you deciding, oh, it has to be, I have to sell five of this package or, you know, I have to create a program of that value. It's not about that. It's just about know, decide that you want it, know that you're worthy of it and open the doors and let it come. It's going to come in the most amazing ways. And I'm testament to that. I have proof. Well, you are very insightful and, uh, uh, enlightened because I 
have a 21 day manifesting challenge. So that just drops into people's inboxes every day. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of it, we set the goal. And then right at the end of it, I say, I'll let you into a secret. That wasn't <laughs> the, the goal at the beginning wasn't your actual goal. <laughs> yeah. About clearing your energy, bringing yourself into alignment, opening your mind to, I know we're in the infinite possibilities group, opening your mind to the infinite possibilities that are out there. And, and that is the, the aim of the challenge. Yeah, I love that. And do you know what? Actually, almost... I was going to say most, but I think all of my favorite spiritual teachers have a version of that. They have a program. Like I said, singing is how I talk to the humans. For me, it's singing. For me on my shop front, it's like, come and see me and I'll help you to sing. And then they get in and I'm like, that's not why you're here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can help you to sing, sure, but that isn't why you're here. Like, you're here for a soul awakening. Get ready. Let's go. And, you know, and for so many people, it's the same. Like Amanda Francis teaches money, but it's not about the money. It's about waking yeah. up and, you know. It's so, so, so powerful. Penelope, I've just loved it. This has been so good. Thank you so much for having me and letting me talk for so long. <laughs> we need our own show. We need our own chat show. You need to come on. I've got my weekly chat show now. Maybe you should just be a co-host. You should just show up every week and <laughs> no one else would get a word in though. Like, don't bother writing in with your views because we'd never get to them. <laughs> we might just do. chat all the time. We might do a clubhouse takeover or something. <laughs> I love that idea. I'm well up for that. Um, so just a reminder, if you're not on Clubhouse, you might find it hard to get in. It's just in beta testing stage at the moment, but it's a brand new audio platform, social media platform, audio only. You get into these rooms, you can literally chat. Like I just saw as we were talking, my notification popped up because I haven't turned them off yet. And um, Natasha Hamilton from um, Atomic Kitten had just jumped in a room. She now has a podcast and is all about wellness and stuff as well. So if I'd chosen to, I could have just gone in a room and chatted with her. Like um, another one's just come up now, Rob Moore, another really well-known entrepreneur, just hanging in a room, answering questions. You know, Gary V's on there. There's just so many amazing people doing amazing things. And it's such a great way. You can just listen in or you can speak. And then obviously, you know, I've had so many people follow me and check out my podcast, follow me on Instagram as a result of just hanging out in those rooms and chatting. So yeah, it's my new favorite thing. 100%. I need to, I literally joined this week and I've just been, I spoke for the first time in a room the other day and it was with Katia Verbanova and Shah Wasmond or someone like that. And yeah, was, yeah. When you think about it, you would never get near them unless you went to like one of their like um, events or something like that. And even then you'd probably only sit there and watch them. So to be yeah. actually... Like, I don't want to sound star starstruck, but I just think the opportunity is <laughs> there to actually speak to your, uh, is idols too big a word? Yeah, no, no, completely <laughs> true. Yeah, no, I mean, I've got a massive crush on Gary V. It's well documented. I just, I just, I think it's true love, actually. I just love him. Um, <laughs> but the fact that I can just get in a room and chat with him, I mean, if he finds out about me, he'll probably have someone block me or something, because that sounds a little bit stalkerish, but it is what it is, you know, I'll take it while I can. Um, so you guys, we're going to put those links in the show notes. Penelope, for anyone that wants to follow your work, sign up for one of your VIPs or a one-to-one, -one, how do they find you? What's the best way to follow you? Apart from Clubhouse, Lady Penelope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so on Instagram and Facebook, I am Penelope Silver UK. And you can either message me through either of those social media sites. Um, I do love to chat to people. So please do DM me if you want to. Um, <laughs> email is blossom at penelopesilver.co.uk. And my website is 
www.penelopesilver.co.uk. Love it. And all of those links will be in your show notes, as always, to everybody listening. So go and check those out. And thank you so much for coming back on. It's just been brilliant. I've loved it. Thank you so much, my soul sister. Ah, <laughs> oh, soul sisters for life. We're holding up hearts Well, I'm holding. Oh, she's got one back. Yes, I love it. Um, to everybody listening, I want to know what you thought of this. And this is the exciting thing. Ba, 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 ba. So there's now a weekly live Q&A slash podcast session that I'm doing every Thursday at 8pm. And so next week, I believe Penelope is going to be coming on to answer your questions. So if you've got a question for, 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 for Penelope, what is the matter with me? I need to start drinking, I think. Um, if you have a question for Penelope, if you want to talk about this episode or anything else, then join us. I'll be live on Instagram, 8pm Thursday, and it also goes out on YouTube. And I'm just in the process of arranging for it to go out on Facebook as well. So again, Links will be in the show notes. Penelope and I would love to hear from you. You can leave us a voice note. You can come on live or you can just write to us. So all of the options will be there. You'll see what you have to do. It's all very simple. And we'd love to know what you thought of this. We think we're brilliant. But, you know, if you if you think we're brilliant, then let us know. If not, it's just us. But that's okay. <laughs> well, I've had a fabulous time anyway. So thank you. Oh, have I? <laughs> Oh, guys, remember, confidence is yours as soon as you choose it. I hope you will check those links out and we hope to see you very soon on a live episode. Look after yourselves and take care. Lots of love. Bye. And that is a wrap. Penelope Silver, you can have an award for the most fire dropped in one go. The fact that I had to split this into two episodes just goes to show how amazing you really are. And I'm so insanely grateful to have had you back on as my guest. It's what you guys, after this chat, Penelope and I decided to officially launch our very own Clubhouse chat room every Tuesday at 8 p.m. I know, I know, you're gonna need a timetable at this rate to keep up with everything that's going on, but if you're on Clubhouse, make sure that you're following Lady Penelope and me, Billy Badcock, and we will look forward to hanging out with you in a room very, very soon. If you're not on Clubhouse, you can go and get on their waiting list. So I'll put a link to Clubhouse in the show notes as well. And you can go and reserve your name. And as soon as you get invited on, then you'll be able to join us as well. We're going to be there every single Tuesday, you guys, at 8pm. And there we have it. I'll be back again next week with another incredible guest. And I'll be live on Thursday over on YouTube for the weekly live chat show. So I really hope that you'll join me then. In the meantime, have a wonderful week, whatever you're doing, and look after yourselves. Massive love. Mm-hmm.